नमस्ते नमस्कारम वेलकम बैक टू अनादर खूनी एपिसोड दिस इज अदिति एंड जॉइनिंग मी ऑल द वे फ्रॉम हैदराबाद इज स्नेहा एंड दिस इज अ स्पेशल एपिसोड बिकॉज टुडे इज स्नेहाज बर्थडे हैप्पी बर्थडे डूड और थैंक यू स्नेहा यू आर जस्ट अ सेवेंटीन ईयर ओल्ड लिटल बेबी वेन यू सॉन्टर्ड इन टू माई हॉस्टल रूम फॉर द फर्स्ट टाइम एंड नो no kidding sneha just sat quietly in the corner of my room while the rest of us blabbered on throughout the night like a fucking weirdo and now look at you all grown up finally turning the big 3 o and i can't get you to shut up now okay listen firstly <laughs> thank you so much secondly i was merely just assessing the room because at least i didn't use big big words like pensive and god knows what and all <laughs> <laughs> But yeah it's been quite the ride from then hasn't it Aditi Yes it has Also I'm kind of nursing a hangover thanks to my grandfather Yeah kids um <laughs> don't drink with your granddads <laughs> especially <laughs> if they're like mine <laughs> Anyway so I hope you guys liked the first installment of the Noida double murder We kind of left things at bit of a cliffhanger Turns out that the man everyone thought was the murderer was himself found on the terrace of the talwar home only 24 hours after arushi's body was discovered by nupur and rajesh so in today's episode we will pick up from the morning of 17th may 2008 with the discovery of hemraj's dead body and track the course of the investigation over the next few years yes years and speaking of investigation it is important to remember a few things Three teams had investigated this case: the Noida Police and two CBI teams under different officers. So the Noida Police was leaning towards the Talwars as the first CBI team concluded that the Talwars were innocent, and the second team concluded that the Talwars were guilty. So when the case went to trial, the trial court con- convicted the Talwars, and after appealing in the Allahabad High Court, they were acquitted. so it is important for today's episode to just make a mental note of all these outcomes cuz we will keep referring back to them all the time so we'll see if we can just put out like a handy chart on our socials to simplify things okay so we had mentioned last week that while the talwars had been away at the crematorium their staff had cleaned out the house and i was actually kind of bit confused at this and maybe some of our listeners had this confusion as well since all the crime procedurals that i have ever seen are american or european and over there it looks as if the police keep the crime scene under you know sorry they cordon off the crime scene for a while so does this not happen in india i mean what is the procedure here because yes the cbi maintains that this suspicious behavior on part of the talwars cbi maintains that this was suspicious behavior on part of the talwars but i highly doubt anyone would have touched the crime scene if the cops had told them not to what do you think yeah yeah this is a valid concern and i had the same thought so i researched a bit about whether there are any guidelines for something like this in india and i came across this document on the website of the national institute for criminolo- criminology and forensic science so they say that first responders to crime scenes which is usually police officers they have two main roles firstly they should maintain the integrity of the crime scene and the evidence 
and secondly they are responsible for early documentation of the crime scene and evidence so the police definitely uh, did the second job right they were very good with documentation and all because constable chunilal was on the scene taking photographs of arushi's room and the lobby and he took uh, fingerprints on the bottle of whiskey plate glasses uh room of hemraj uh two bottles of liquor one bottle of sprite and on the main door and dattaram nonoria also seized the blood stained pillow uh, bed sheets and pieces of mattresses from arushi's room but definitely there was no attempt to secure the crime scene from the beginning also we had mentioned in the previous episode that the talwars being medical professionals should have had the sense to protect the crime scene and okay so one of our listeners who is a med student pointed out that dentists don't <laughs> usually get trained in forensic science and this is definitely a valid point either way of course uh, police should have been more meticulous about securing the crime scene what do you think of nonoria's decision to be lenient with the talwars because he wanted to be compassionate or did he fear the media or whatever like how much do you think up police really cares about its public image i honestly don't know what the situation was 12 years ago but i can't say that they do now <laughs> especially considering the horrors they unleashed during the anti ca protests i mean people were horrified at what the delhi police is doing in northeast delhi but wait till someone starts talking about the up police in fact people please who are listening to this episode Google the People's Tribunal on State Action in UP and you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay, anyway, moving on with the actual story. So, we begin the morning of 17th May 2008. The Talwars were about to leave to Haridwar to immerse Arushi's ashes in the Ganga and perform her last rites. Now, Dr. Rajesh Talwar had already given his statement to the police. and named hemraj as the murderer the police were on the lookout when the talwars left for haridwar the house was left in charge of dinesh talwar rajesh's brother dinesh had an interesting visitor soon after rajesh and nupur had left a former dsp of noida police known as kk gautam so if you remember from the previous episode we had mentioned that when dinesh had taken his niece's body for postmortem there was no doctor there so they had to make a bunch of phone calls so one of these phone calls were made to kk gautam yeah and kk gautam uh, like we said he was a retired cop and he was insanely connected within law enforcement in up and at the time of the murders he ran the invertus university what is an invertus university <laughs> in what is university is a private college on bareilly lucknow highway uh, the chancellor is umesh gautam who is kk gautam's son ah so retired cop opens a university on retired cop's pension <laughs> and his son is the <laughs> chancellor okay nothing to see here let's move on <laughs> yeah nothing shady <laughs> so he had sort of attached himself to the investigation in the case from the very beginning this was kind of odd to me okay like i said gautam had retired by this point and he didn't seem to have any immediate connection to the talwars but still he facilitated arushi's postmortem going so far as to personally visit the medical center where it was taking place to make sure the doctor did his job on the morning of 17th may 
he swung by the talwar home to offer his condolences now dinesh talwar told k gautam that they had found the blood on the terrace door and lock the previous day and that the police had yet to open the terrace door so this guy made some calls and the police came over to the talwar home and then he asked them to open the terrace door voila just like that once again no one seemed to have the keys so this time i am guessing under pressure from gautam the cops finally i mean finally broke the bloody lock on the door and there he was on the roof where he had been all along hemraj banjarian his body was in an advanced stage of putrefaction especially so given the unforgiving may heat in delhi he was lying in a pool of blood on the left side of the roof very close to the external unit of the split ac that was in arushi's room downstairs he was still wearing his slippers there were bloody drag marks on the roof so clearly his body had been dragged by whoever killed him we should also mention a strange thing while there was a lot of blood in arushi's room the rest of the house had no blood anywhere the only blood found in the house outside arushi's room was on the palentine scotch whisky bottle so blood was only found on the terrace and in arushi's room anyway coming back to hemraj's body there was also a very clear attempt to hide the body from plain view his body okay get this was covered with a cooler panel a double bed cover was draped on the iron grill segregating the portion of the terrace of dr rajesh talwar from the other side of the roof a bloody palm print was also present on the wall of the terrace woohoo khuni reference anyway later <laughs> dna analysis would show that it belonged to hemraj himself dinesh talwar could not even identify the body on first glance so he called rajesh who was still en route to haridwar with nupur rajesh and nupur had to turn around and come back home nupur wanted nupur waited downstairs outside the apartment while rajesh climbed up to the terrace to identify hemraj's remains he could not though it was just incredibly swollen and had lost all identifiable features rajesh called nupur to ask about the t-shirt hemraj had been wearing so finally rajesh was able to identify hemraj through the t-shirt and his hair so during the investigation something very weird happened if you read the cbi closure report you will see a section titled quote at quote uh, involvement of parents and there are a bunch of reasons listed underneath about why the cbi thinks that the parents may have been the murderers the fifth reason is quote refused to identify the dead body of hemraj when it was found on the terrace unquote um what <laughs> rajesh refused to identify the body so according to the closure report the police officers present on the scene including dattaram nanorya said that both dinesh and rajesh quote unquote refused to identify hemraj's body and then the logic of the cbi is that rajesh killed arushi and hemraj told the police to look for hemraj 
delayed the opening of the terrace when he had stashed away Hemraj's body there and then later when it was found refused to identify Hemraj because he was trying to stall further um what further stall for what the body had been found it makes no sense no it absolutely does not i mean the lock thing makes more sense okay and if and this is a big if okay rajesh was indeed the killer but this does not no 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 it doesn't i tried to see what the court said about this and the trial court agrees with the cbi that this is weird but the high court definitely thinks this is idiotic okay aditi is just <laughs> paraphrasing and just to clarify the high court didn't actually say idiotic <laughs> but implied it ever so politely just like high court judges are prone to do whether they call you an idiot in front of your face or they say it in the judgment yeah anyway so the high court judgment actually digs deeper into this theory by the way they not only look at the statement given by the officers to the cbi but also look at their cross examination so there is a difference in testimony okay the noida police's statement to cbi says that rajesh and dinesh refused to identify him rajesh's dead body but during their cross exam they both said that both dr durani and dr dinesh had stated to them that the body was of him raj so they had said that it was him raj and when rajesh talwar got there he was he didn't refuse but he was sort of reluctant to identify the body uh, but when the people present there said that the body belonged to him raj he too agreed with them okay first of all reluctance is understandable right i mean the body must have literally been decomposing by this point and it had been mm. exposed for over 30 hours i'm assuming that too in like delhi peak heat in may yeah 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 totally so kk gautam testified that the body was in an advanced state of decomposition so by this time it is definitely bloated beyond recognition and bodily fluids are oozing from eyes and nose so it makes sense that it took rajesh some time and also refused and reluctant are two different testimonies no i mean refused can mean guilt but reluctance is just reluctance in my opinion absolutely and the high court pointed this out as well these statements are very different dude yeah these statements are very different and it gets even murkier remember constable bachu singh so he testified that he never stated in the panchayat nama that dr dinesh refused to identify the dead body of hemraj and that dr talwar also did not identify the body of hemraj okay first of all people uh, panch- panchayat nama is simply a legal document okay when the police is collecting or recording evidence from a crime scene they do it in front of witnesses who are usually members of civil society and once evidence is collected and bagged a document is drawn up which lists and describes everything and the witness or panch as they are called in hindi will sign the document saying that all the evidence and documentation is a okay okay so wait if he never said that dinesh and rajesh refused to identify hemraj then how on earth did that detail just creep in ah uh, so according to the high court the prosecution witnesses made material improvements in their evidence tendered during the trial and that they added this detail as a clear afterthought 
high court's words okay this is crazy how do you just change your testimony like that yeah that's a question best left to noida police and the cbi i'm not going deeper into this issue uh that is going to be my self care for this week anyway uh the inquest was performed between 12:30 pm and 4 pm on 17th may once again by constable bachu singh the post mortem of the body began around 9 pm that night and was conducted by dr naresh raj i'm quoting the post mortem reports uh, findings verbatim from the judgment here right so hemraj uh, was aged about uh, 45 years and was of average build rigor mortis was present in the upper limb and lower limb and had passed from head and neck his eyes were protruding bilaterally uh, he was bleeding from the nostrils and from the mouth and his penis was swollen and uh, the following antemortem injuries were found on his body firstly an abrasion measuring 3 cm to 2 cm behind the right elbow a braided contusion 3 into 4 cm behind the left elbow uh, an incised wound on the front and sides of the neck above the level of thyroid cartilage this wound was around 30 cm long and it was situated about 5 cm below the right ear 6 cm below the left ear and 6 cm below the chin the wound uh, also involved the trachea then there was an abraded contusion about 3 into 2 cm on the left frontal region 2 cm above the left eyebrow uh, there was another abraded contusion 2 into 2 cm on the left frontal region there were lacerated wound 3 into 2 cm and bone deep on the occipital region and then on internal examination a fracture of the occipital bone was seen the trachea was severed above the thyroid cartilage okay the deceased had died about 1 and a half to 2 days before the result of the shock due to hypovolemia and it was caused by antemortem injuries so the time of death was about the same as arushi and even though arushi's murder had already become media fodder the previous day the discovery of hemraj's body unleashed fresh hell from the media the coverage around this case was nasty and vile from the get go two people had been brutally murdered and the media's response was to throw every single modicum of decency out of the window for reference just look at the riya chakravarti coverage you see today right yeah. and multiply it by like a thousand <laughs> and all of this was made worse by the fact that one of the victims was still a goddamn minor So I remember a few days after the murder an MMS clip was circulating on news channels. So when I was researching the story I looked for that clip as well. What was that clip? So it was this old tiny grainy MMS clip right and the girl was sort of undressing I think. Wait. They showed that on TV. Yeah, they fucking did. And like I said all modicum of decency was just thrown out of the window Ugh. they said that this girl was arushi and that clip kept playing on repeat over and over again you know how news channels yeah, do yeah 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 and once again i would like to reiterate this was a minor a child she was 8 days short of her 14th birthday and news channels had no issues blasting this on prime time for everyone to see anyway so there was no mention of this clip anywhere right so n- it was not in the cbi report or during the trial so i was very confused about where it came from because i had this hazy memory that this was some sort of important evidence but turns out that it wasn't 
and that's because the girl in the clip wasn't arushi at all of course yeah she was an abduction victim from ganj dudwara in western up uh, who in 2008 was still untraceable and some journalists traced her father and the police officer who were investigating her case and they all confirmed the identity of the girl great so not only did they eviscerate arushi's character but also this poor girls and this girl is also a victim awesome wonderful amazing yeah and some ngos they raised a hue and cry plus national commission for women got involved i mean the whole thing was a train wreck and we didn't mention it in the previous episode but during the whole time that hemraj was supposedly mia media had already started spinning all these scurrilous and completely baseless stories about a quote and quote relationship between arushi and hemraj hold on how did they think there was a quote and quote relationship between arushi and hemraj yeah because there were so many leaks from the police and later on from the cbi also don't think about it media was allowed to come into the talwar's home and yes we have said that they didn't go into arushi's room per se but they did walk all over the house including the stairs to the terrace and all you think they could have done this without police indulgence you really think so no i've realized that if police that if you people list in want you to do something they are <laughs> going to fucking make sure you don't do it like how during nitari yeah. when you people list in feel like investigating disappearance of poor migrant kids parents couldn't even register a fucking f i r right so in this yeah. case giving open access to the media was their way of getting a spot in the sun 15 seconds of fame was that it yeah i mean what else could it be why else would you jeopardize an active investigation so now the prime suspect in the murder has been ruled out and the police had to pursue other lines of inquiries which meant that all the spotlight fell on the only other people who were at home that night and that's the talwars now most people familiar with the case would remember the explosive press conference held by meerut zone ig gurdarshan singh he made a lot of disturbing comments about arushi hemraj rajesh talwar and all and obviously we'll go over it also but not many people know about the press conference held by a satish ganesh who had been in charge of the investigation as of 22nd may 2008 this was a comparatively muted press conference without all the theatrics of one that would follow very soon mm-hmm. and i'd say until this point uh, things were somewhat okay or at least it was yet to devolved into the clusterfuck it eventually became So in this conference Ganesh told the reporters and I quote there is very little evidence related to motive behind the killings it could be an honor killing or it may be due to extreme passionate attachment to a particular person then he said that one thing is certain one of them was killed with a plan and the intention was not to kill both but the other could have been a victim of circumstances it is very difficult to say who was killed first and then he said in a flat where only four people were living in an area of 2000 square feet there are strong reasons for extreme hatred or frustration there is a possibility of honor killing of course he was specific yeah he was specifically asked whether rajesh and nupur were suspects but he just said that they were fully cooperating with the investigation and he made no further comments and i think it is important to analyze what ganesh is saying here or how he's saying it 
First of all, he is very aware that there are only a few days into the investigation. It is still ongoing. He doesn't have the full facts. So he is not making any definitive statements. He mentions motives, but then he also uses words like could be or possibility. So it is quite clear to anyone listening that he is just putting forward the most probable theories or indicating the course his investigation would take in the future. He is also not indicting anyone at this point. Even when he is asked about Rajesh, he stops short of directly pointing fingers. It is important to understand, so you know why the next press conference we discussed, <laughs> uh, the more famous one was fucking problematic. Everyone in the Talwar circle agrees that for about five to six days after the murder, the police and Talwars were on okayish terms. Both Rajesh and Nupur had been instructed to not talk to the media because they said that it would jeopardize the investigation. And this was something they followed religiously. Even when all kinds of salacious things were being said about them, no one got any comments from either of them. In the meanwhile, the police picked up Anmol. If you remember from the previous episode, on the night of the murder, at around 12 a.m., someone called the landline. Nobody had answered the phone. This call had come from Anmol. Anmol was Arushi's friend. It seems like there was something of a quote-unquote relationship between the two. And I don't mean relationship, okay, in the sick way the media kept calling it. I mean in the cute way that kids start dating yeah. when they're teenagers, okay? Like, we all did it. It's dumb. But perfectly normal to go to the local bakery on a date. And Anmol and Arushi yeah. had been together for about a month. And Nupur knew about it. Before Anmol, Arushi had been with another boy called Sankalp. Nupur knew about this also. Point being, unlike millions of Indian kids and even adults who have to zealously hide their romances from their parents, Arushi and Nupur were open with each other. They were friends. Anyway, any millennial or Gen Z kid will know how much modern relationships rely on phones. And things were not any different for Anmol and Arushi. So in the month before the murders, they had called each other 688 times. Which, by the way, sounds like a lot, but it's really not a lot. So I'm going to have to ask all the boomers raising their eyebrows to just calm the fuck down respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, as usual, like in all relationships, countless texts. I mean, come on, people our age do it. Interactions on Facebook yeah. and Orkut. Kids born after 2000, please Google what Orkut was, okay? RIP Orkut, by the way. So in the grand old tradition of always looking at the boyfriend slash husband when a woman is murdered, the police picked up a 15-year-old Anmol for questioning. 15. The thing is, the police weren't really trying to pin the murder on him. That would have been <laughs> outlandish. It looks like they were just trying to get a sense of Arushi's personal life. Now that Hemraj too had died, and with similar injuries as Arushi, the police were thinking that this was an inside job. So, they were looking for clues in Arushi's personal life. Exactly. And since UP police is not exactly known for their <laughs> gentleness and easygoing manner, Anmol was subjected to a tormenting 10 hours of interrogation without his lawyer or his parents. And remember, he is 15, a minor. What are the rules, by the way, for interrogating minors? Right. So the basic problem is that there are no rules. There is no 
minimum age for being a witness in India as per section 118 of Indian Evidence Act. Anybody can be a witness. Uh, there was a case where a three-year-old child was repeatedly questioned by the police in connection with some sexual abuse suffered by his classmate until the courts had to step in and put a stop to it because the child was getting traumatized. I'm sorry, three? Really? Three years old? Yeah. And do you remember the Shaheen mm-hmm. school incident this year? Like Karnataka police rounded up seven, eight, nine-year-old kids and interrogated them. Yeah, how can I forget? That memory is sort of like burnt into my mind. Yeah. So at least by then there were some guidelines that had been framed regarding questioning of children. For example, the police had to be sensitive, you know, the questioning had to be in plain clothes, mm-hmm. some guardian or parent had to be present, etc. I mean, the Shaheen school incident is the worst case scenario I can think of, especially when it comes to young kids. Yeah, man. And it also sort of reminds me of, you know, in the US, there was that satanic panic phase where, you know, kids were sort of made to testify against parents. They were just interrogated without anyone. And ultimately, the police got them to say what they wanted. So, yeah, man. And those kids also were filmed without their consent. The officers had their guns with them. What a fucking disaster. Yeah. Totally. And uh, India is a signatory to the Convention on the Rights of Child, uh, which which basically says that the interest and well-being of the child should always be prioritized. I mean, not not in those exact words, but that's the gist of it. And then in 2009, the United Nations released a model law for justice in matters involving the child victims and witnesses in crime. And of course, since we are members of since we are a member of the United Nations, we should have implemented some legislation based on this, but we <laughs> have not fulfilled our international commitments so far. Uh, and so the problem is that there is really no standard operating procedure for questioning or interrogating minors by the police, especially in cases of child, I mean, except in cases mm-hmm. of child sexual abuse, which are all defined under the POXO Act, which is com- different. It's not the same thing. Other than that, there is the Juvenile Justice Act, which now provides for ensuring a child-friendly environment and presence of special juvenile police unit and child welfare committees in every district. But these bare minimum safeguards were, I think, also not present in 2008 when Anmol was hauled up for questioning. See, child-friendly environment and all is a far cry. They released his goddamn real name to the fucking media. Yeah, they did. And the media ran with it 24-7. Anyway, so the problem with dragging a scared 15-year-old boy to the police station and intimidating him for almost 10 hours is that he will definitely become a little pliable. Aviruk Sen writes in his book that he told the police that he was not the only quote-unquote boyfriend Arushi had and that she had other boyfriends who she talked to and texted with. Please note, it's just talking and texting. So you can see how the police were building (laughs) this case up on Arushi's character. They are trying to establish a pattern of promiscuity. Yeah, in a 14-year-old's life. They are also at the same time leaking information to the media, which is blaring this nonsense non-stop 24-7 in our living rooms. The target audience is the middle-class Indian household, which is comfortably well-off, but in most cases has rather conservative values. 
so like the girls are encouraged to study send to tuitions dance classes singing classes etc they're given all these liberties but at the same time they're also dictated their place in society yeah be back by sundown don't talk to boys don't spend too much time on the phone don't wear revealing clothes yada 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 Ugh. exactly so all this is to prey on the latent but highly pervasive sexism in middle class indian families or at least middle class north indian families no i don't want to generalize this is there in the south as well and while this is going on noida police is also getting in touch with other people in the talwar circle specifically a man called krishna tadarai krishna was also from nepal and he worked with rajesh talwar's dental clinic he lived in jalwayu bihar as well with a relative and his flat was about 50 meters away from the talwar's flat he was in his early 30s and had been working for rajesh for about 2 years at that point so the police had approached krishna on the 16th itself when arushi's body had been discovered and it was believed that hemraj was the murderer he was one of the associates rounded up for questioning and like how they just took anmol to the police station without his parents and all krishna too was just taken by the police and he was illegally confined for many days as well even his family was not able to reach him krishna was a person who told sorry <coughs> krishna was the person who told the police that dr rajesh talwar was having an adulterous affair with his colleague dr anita durani he based this juicy tidbit on the fact that on two days in the week both would close the clinic early and leave together he also said that hemraj had seen them together at the talwar flat so the leaving together thing was actually easily explained we mentioned in the previous episode that normally nupur was the one who picked up arushi from school like she had done on 15th may but on two days of the week tuesday and saturday uh, she had to work late in khan market so on those days rajesh would pick up arushi from school and anita durani would go with him to pick up vidushi it is important to remember that the talwars and duranis are close friends and arushi and vidushi were best friends like they were almost like sisters and this is what nupur talwar had to say about their relationship with the duranis dr durani is like an extended family i have known her since arushi was born her daughter and my daughter are the same age probably 6 months difference they were like sisters they've been part of my family throughout whenever we're in need medical problems in the middle of the night her husband has come and given us shots taken us to the hospital looked after arushi you know she used to have problems i never had any family doctors any first thing when rajesh had asthmatic attacks in the night and he was the first person we would call and say please come and he would be there in 5 minutes Anita has always looked after Arushi many a times she has brought Arushi from school if i had to go out at night and i couldn't leave her at anybody else's house then i would leave her there i mean besides home and nani's house i felt that was the only place where she would be safe they're like family to me and these are absolutely baseless conjectures she is talking about the allegations of adultery mm-hmm. between her husband and anita durani so two things are worth mentioning here first of all uh, no one apart from the apart from krishna has made these claims talwars did not exist in a vacuum you know they are surrounded by friends and family in their daily life there is another man called rajkumar who was also picked up and questioned later rajkumar used to work for the duranis to the best of my knowledge he has never ma- made these claims either 
so either the talwars had the most loyal people in their lives who would be willing to perjure themselves in front of the police which is very rare to be honest because mm-hmm. someone would have spoken up or krishna made some stuff up and affairs are tough to hide man like there is some paper or electronic trail yeah. not <laughs> saying this from personal experience or anything but this is all from <laughs> everything that i've read or heard on yeah. true crime podcasts you will always have some text exchanges or there would be unusual call activity or like you would be seen alone at least a few times by neighbors or something especially in a complex like jalwayu vihar if there was no evidence of the affair other than krishna's account then rajesh and anita are the most skilled aditi made this word up adulterers <laughs> in the world in the world <laughs> Yeah. And and this is the second thing, right? His story is mm-hmm. unsubstantiated. Yeah. In his own version of events, only Hemraj is the other person who knows about Rajesh and Anita and he is conveniently dead. Okay, scratch that. In Krishna's version, Arushi is also another person who knows about the affair. And he says that Hemraj was becoming a confidant for Arushi and slowly and slowly they grew close enough for a sexual relationship to develop between the two. Dude, disgusting okay this is just absolutely fucking gross yeah totally gross and here is some information that was corroborated a few days before this tragedy rajesh had yelled at krishna for messing up at work krishna had been extremely agitated after that incident so making all these sleazy allegations was his way of getting back at rajesh i don't know it definitely seems like a motivation but all this was told to noida police who did not bother with these teeny tiny details like oh maybe we should double check all these bomb claims this guy <laughs> with good reason to be resentful of rajesh is making nope as far as noida police were concerned they thought okay there's no forced entry in the house so clearly no outsider could have done this and out of the four people of the house two are dead so obviously it has to be the other two And now this Krishna dude has given us a possible motive so let's let's just latch on to that and roll with the theory. Hold on, hold on wait wait wait. I'm a little confused. Did Krishna say yeah. that he saw them having an affair or did he just say that he heard from him Raj that they were having an affair? No, no. He only mentions that Rajesh and Anita used to leave the clinic together early on two days in a week, Tuesday and Saturday, and on those days he used to be let off early and that's all he said. Yeah, that's not evidence. Nope, this is what we call hearsay. Hearsay is type of oral evidence which is derived from someone else. So if Krishna actually saw any adulterous dealings between Rajesh and Anita, that would be direct evidence, but he is just saying something that he says he's heard from someone else. This is hearsay and this is not evidence legally. And this is why it was not raised during the trial at all. Prosecutors would have known this is all horse shit. But still it was used to set up this crazy story that Noida police told, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. See, Noida police has done two things. Anmol's statement helped create this image of an Arushi who was quote-unquote easy, right? Sexually promiscuous and therefore somehow open to a sexual relationship with a man who was much older than herself and krishna's statement is helping to create an image of a father who is also promiscuous rajesh is an adulterer and arushi knows and she is resentful so to rebel she finds comfort in the arms of hemraj the only other person who also knows about this 
that's how they explain away the outlandish notion that a 14 year old girl and a 45 year old man who have absolutely nothing in common have somehow ended up in a relationship oh so this is how they were trying to make it palatable for the middle class indians glued to this case yeah put two and two together and now you have motive or at least for noida police you have motive so i guess by now you must have understood why ganesh satish said quote unquote honor killing or quote unquote extreme passionate attachment to a particular person as possible motives in the in that press conference on 22nd may 2008 rajesh and nupur were asked by noida police to come in and identify a suspect they do as they were told and followed by a police car all the way they were also being chased by a horde of journalists before they reach the station though they are told by the police to turn around and go home that's very weird and very random <laughs> no 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 wait for it wait for it so the next day on 23rd may they are called by the police again the whole thing of rajesh and nupur turning their car around on 22nd had been captured by journalists and what i'm going to say next is extremely absurd but that's what happened this turning around of the car was captured on video and they said that journalists said that the talwars were trying to flee of course what a horse and pony show this is yep rajesh was questioned at length by the police and he came out of the police station afterwards grumbling that he had been framed he had just been arrested for the murder of arushi and hemraj the same day on 23rd may 2008 merit range ig gurdarshan singh gave his fame gave his infamous press conference and in my professional opinion this is truly when the shit hit the fan to be somewhat <laughs> fair to the police it appears that gurdarshan singh was not very familiar with the investigation he had been asked to preside over a press conference by the higher ups and had just come from merit the day prior and this is how he began the press conference आप सभी लोग अवगत हैं कि 16 तारीख को शारुति तलवार और हेमराज का कत्ल हुआ 16 तारीख में सुबह पुलिस को खबर दी गई कि शारुति का कत्ल हुआ है so basically he is talking about how arushi's body was discovered and the police informed on 16th may itself is he saying shruti sir of arushi Yeah, he does that a lot. Everyone makes a note of it and towards the end of the <laughs> clip you can actually hear all the reporters correcting him. Yeah. If you're holding a press conference and you aren't getting the name of the victim right, that is not acceptable. Yeah, it is a troubling sign. So he begins the conference by listing some of the reasons why the police were suspicious of Rajesh and I can see that some of the points were valid for example he talks about the poli- he talks about when police reached the Talwar home and wanted to check their terrace Rajesh Talwar became quote unquote sentimental that's Gurdarshan Singh's word and told the police to stop wasting their time at home and look for Hemraj who might have escaped The other valid point he makes is about the cleaning of the flat that relatives did on 16th evening. 
Gurdarshan Singh uh, thought that it was very suspicious that Arushi's bloody mattress was dumped on Punish Tandon's terrace instead of the talwars because he said that the stairway to both was common yeah. Yeah. Um, and the talwar terrace could have been accessed if they wanted. And so he thinks that since Hemraj's body uh, was... He says that since Hemraj's body would have been putrefying uh, on the... Talwar's terrace by that point and he probably was giving off a foul smell Rajesh did not want it to be detected so he did not let anybody anybody go on his terrace but but he conveniently chooses to ignore the fact that the police themselves told them that it was okay to clean up because they had everything they needed from the scene yeah he does other points he makes are a little flimsy at least according to me for example he completely refutes the possibility that outsiders could have been involved because there was no forced entry and the outermost door was locked but he ignores that hemraj himself could have let people in if you look at the site plan of the talwar home you can see that hemraj's room uh, opened into the small passage between the outermost grill and the double doors into the home and he was the one with the keys because he was the one letting bharti mandal in every morning and this would be a good time to bring up kk gautam again you people remember kk gautam right he was the one who expedited arushi's post mortem then came in the next day and got the terrace door opened and all right mm-hmm. uh, although he was retired he could not help but flex his old investigative muscles uh he would record a statement only on july 1st 2008 and a lot of shit had already gone down by then but still he made a couple of observations that day and he said that when he went inside hemraj's room he noticed depressions on the bed he also noticed three glasses two of these glasses had alcohol in them and one was empty he peeked inside the washroom attached to hemraj's room and said that it was extremely dirty it had not been flushed and so it was probably uh, used by more than one person that night you might have already guessed by now that this meant that there were people in the house other than the talwars on the night of the murder okay so this statement you say is made on july the 1st yeah so my question is why did it take a retired cop to figure all of this shit out so many policemen were at the scene pretty early on okay like they didn't think to look into hemraj's room and they didn't notice all these obvious signs of more than one person being in this room they saw all multi- they saw all the multiple bottles of alcohol and decided hemraj must have drunk everything <laughs> they had packed yeah. all the bottles of for evidence so then they run dna tests on them what's happening I I don't know what to say. I mean they didn't notice, they didn't want to notice, it could be whatever. I mean the investigation would not have been so focused on the talwars if they just bothered yeah. to do their jobs exactly. right. Anyway, coming back to the press conference, Gurdarshan Singh also says that it is suspicious that Rajesh and Nupur do not hear any sounds in their home while all this is going uh, going on. He says that Rajesh had been on call till 12 a.m. so it is impossible that he was in a deep sleep by 1 a.m. as he claims. And I don't know if this is as impossible as he thinks. I mean, I have mm-hmm. definitely been awake at 12 and I've been s- dead asleep by 1, you know, it happens. Yeah. Especially if you're a busy doctor who wakes up at 6 in the morning, works all day, then gets to sleep only at 12 in the night. You must be really tired. Yeah, bro, it happens. So like my boss is in chicago you know i deal with a lot of us contracts so sometimes i work on agreements yeah. till 12 am our time and then i'm like out okay i'm out cold by 1 cuz usually i have a meeting <laughs> to review these contracts at 4 am 
so i have to be up by 3:30 and set everything up so it's totally understandable like it it's possible yep yep absolutely also uh, when i heard this comment i kind of started researching on sleep cycles to see what kind of activity you might be capable of while you're falling asleep so broadly of course we know that there is a non rem and rem sleep non rem sleep has three cycles in stage 1 the transition stage 1 is the transition from wakefulness to sleep this is when brain activity starts to slow down and this typically lasts between 5 to 10 minutes then the second stage is when you become less aware of your surroundings and that lasts for about 20 minutes and then the third stage is the deep sleep stage during this stage people become less responsive and noises and activities in the environment may fail to generate a response i am of course oversimplifying this mm. i'm glossing over a lot of nuances and if there are any doctors or sleep experts who listen to us please enlighten us more on this topic but it looks to me that at least theoretically it is possible to fall into a deep sleep within 30 minutes of going to bed and about the noises rajesh and nupur had a window ac in their room now i don't know the make and model but we had a window ac in 2008 as well and it made a lot like a fuck ton of noise sometimes when we were in the yeah. ac room <laughs> we could not even hear the doorbell ring once again it is not completely <laughs> impossible to imagine that the talwars slept through it all and i'm going to clarify here simply because i don't want angry direct messages accusing us of being pro talwar i'm not ruling out the possibility that <laughs> talwars may have been the culprit i have always maintained that the case against them was highly circumstantial and it would have been hard to get a conviction either way I'm just pointing out these snippets because if you're being hundred percent objective, they are all very easily rebuttable. Anyway, moving on with the press conference, Gurudarshan Singh then tries to establish the chain of events and the motives behind the murders. Is घटना में जो मोटिव रहा है वो आरुषि को कत्ल करने का रहा है हेमराज की हत्या इस वजह से की गई है कि कोई विटनेस ना बचे कोई चश्म दी साक्ष ना बचे so here he is saying that the main motive was to kill arushi and hemraj was murdered to eliminate witnesses Then he goes on to say that in cases where there are no witnesses, police have to rely on circumstantial evidence, which needs to be corroborated by other evidence. Yeah, 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 true. And then he drops the bombshell. जो evidence आई है उसके आधार पर मैं ये बताना चाहूँगा कि डॉक्टर राजेश के एक्स्ट्रा मेरिटल अफेयर थे इस अफेयर की सूचना इस अफेयर की जानकारी इस रिलेशन की जानकारी उनकी इस बच्ची को जिसका कत्ल हुआ है उस बच्ची को थी घर के नौकरों को भी इसकी जानकारी थी उनके नौकरों ने अपनी जान पहचान के आदमियों से इस बात की चर्चा भी की है 
इस बात को लेकर डॉक्टर साहब काफी खफा थे और जो मृतक हेमराज है उसने अपने मिलने वालों को अपनी जान के खतरे के बारे में भी अवगत कराया था काश वो पहले पुलिस को इसकी इतला दे दिए होते तो संभवतः ये घटना होने से रुक जाती Now here he is saying that Dr Rajesh was having extramarital affairs and not just Arishi but also the domestic helps knew about the affairs they even discussed this among themselves and he further says that Rajesh was not happy about this and he had threatened Hemraj on this issue so two things okay we like to say here first of all the source of all these stories of affairs and Arishi knowing about them is Krishna we have already mentioned this earlier no other evidence had been placed on record to show that there was an actual affair no other family or friend has ever come forward we have also mentioned how it was hearsay and thus not reliable this doesn't even qualify as evidence let alone circumstantial evidence secondly there were reports yeah. of hemraj being scared for his life his wife kumkala had moved court in 2011 to get her statement recorded as neither noida police nor the cbi had reached out to her till that point hemraj had called her only 2 weeks before his murder and complained about the talwars he said that rajesh was short tempered he had in fact chased hemraj once when he was drunk trying to hit him hemraj had also complained that the talwars had not paid him since december 2007 and perhaps the most chilling thing hemraj said was that he feared for his life krishna has also mentioned that hemraj felt threatened by the talwars and then there was the curious case of usha thakur so usha thakur was an activist who lived in sector 31 noida She had been involved in getting justice for families of Nithari victims and she came forward to say that Hemraj had met her on 11th May 2008 so just like 4 days before he was brutally murdered to say that he quote feared for his life and that of some of his near and dear ones unquote He probably heard of her work with the victims and assuming that this is a real threat he probably believed that she could help him as well So Usha Thakur says that she was very busy on 11th May and she was not able to talk to Hemraj in private like he wanted so he promised to come back another day but unfortunately that would be the last time Usha Thakur would see Hemraj alive wait why did you say you know like all dramatically curious case of Usha Thakur <laughs> yeah okay so in his book Aviruksen mentions a very weird incident the Talwar's friend Chadda remembered that Usha Thakur had come to the Talwar home on 17th along with KK Gautam uh, and another man and a woman weirdly this random man who came with Gautam claimed to be from a detective agency why does this keep case dude why does it keep getting weirder and weirder <laughs> god <laughs> yeah so Anyway they insisted on seeing Arushi's room and since Rajesh and Nupur had already left for Haridwar by then Chadda had to say no so then one of the women asked to use the washroom and she was shown the guest washroom while this was occupied the other woman also asked to use the washroom 
So now Chadda said that he had no option but to show her Arushi's what? bathroom, which was apparently connected to the guest bath. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, like why does everybody want also, to pee at the same time? What the fuck is happening? Yeah, it's very weird. It was. I mean, the so this guest bathroom and Arushi's bathroom are connected yeah. internally by a door, and Arushi's bathroom is connected to Arushi's room, yes. obviously. So Chadda says that both these women spent a long <laughs> time in the loo, right? <laughs> so either they were taking the longest dump of their life. or it was an excuse to go into arushi's Yuck. room like you know on the sly yeah, obviously uh, he didn't know who usha thakur was at that point uh, he would only recognize her 2 years later in 2010 while he was watching a news debate where she was one of the panelists and chadda says that he immediately informed the cbi about this but kk gautam flatly denies all these claims so there is a lot more behind the scenes office politics uh, at work here we will only touch the stuff that is relevant to the case but if you are interested in more we really suggest you read aviruk sames book uh, it'll be in the link will be in our show notes okay coming back to the press conference once again that is now fully morphing into an unmitigated <laughs> disaster once gurudarshan singh makes it makes all these tall claims of adultery and what not reporters seek some clarification on the sequence of the murders you remember the second clip we played where he says arushi was the main target and hemraj was killed to eliminate witnesses now listen to this clip abhi tak jo vivechana aayi hai wo servant hemraj ki hatya pehle ki gayi hai उसके बाद श्रुति की हत्या की गई है आरुषि की सॉरी आई एम सॉरी आरुषि आरुषि की हत्या आरुषि की हत्या की गई है सो हियर ही सेइंग दैट अकॉर्डिंग टू देयर इन्वेस्टिगेशन सो फार हेमराज वाज मर्डर्ड फर्स्ट एंड देन आरुषि वाज किल्ड या ही लिटरली जस्ट कॉन्ट्रडिक्टेड हिमसेल्फ इन अंडर 5 मिनट्स यस एंड वंस अगेन sir called arushi shruti who is shruti yeah I, i don't know who the hell shruti is i have no idea hemraj is killed first how was his murder an attempt to eliminate a witness he hadn't witnessed anything yet are you really trying to make sense of this shit sandwich i gave up a long time ago okay i'm doing this because i'm a masochist i think <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's an actual reporter in the press conference who asks whether Arushi is Rajesh's real daughter. I have no idea where this confusion is coming from. I think, dude, like, what were the popular TV serials at that point? The Hindi ones, all all the K's and the K's and whatever, what not? Oh yeah, yeah. Ha ha. Kahani ghar ghar ki, kahani ghar ghar ki had an episode on this. Yes. Huh. <laughs> so I think this just gives us some idea of how many wild obst- unsubstantiated rumors were floating around about this family. Stupid shit. Uh to our listeners if you can find the episode of Kahani Ghagar <laughs> ki that specially that mentions this <laughs> this episode <laughs> that references this case um uh, we are going to give you a shout out. So yeah. Uh, a little competition for you all. Yay. <laughs> oh yeah. forget all this i am still confused about how the police estab- are establishing the sequence of events here okay like how are they saying so confidently that hemraj was killed first you only have a window of 
time of death which in this case was same for arushi and hemraj their injuries are similar as well so how have the police decided that hemraj died first i have no idea and it's not just this gurdarshan singh also goes on to describe in detail that hemraj was taken to the terrace that he was totally compliant and was not forced so it must have been by someone he knew or obeyed you know ergo rajesh this is too precise man where is this coming from must be coming from somewhere uh, okay so this theory might actually be a little valid because arushi's room only had arushi's blood there were no traces of hemraj's blood in her room the only place where both their blood was found was on the bottle of balentine scotch in the living room so logically it does look like hemraj was not killed in arushi's room and since the terrace was the only other place where there was so much blood he was probably murdered there but again this does not explain how he was killed first or how he was killed because he was a witness to some crime both these things cannot be true at the same time no that is definitely illogical there is absolutely no evidence to support it also i don't understand why arushi was killed just because she knew of rajesh's extramarital affair according to the police's own version she had known about it for quite some time at least long enough to bond with him raj over this i mean bonding does take time right you don't just jump into bed as the police allege with someone yeah so like then why did rajesh yeah. suddenly decide on 15th may 2008 that he had to kill her and then kill him raj to cover this all up yeah and this is something the reporters also asked gurdarshan singh and this is what he had to say about that डॉक्टर के डॉक्टर के एक्स्ट्रा मैरिटल अफेयर की जानकारी लड़की को भी थी नौकरों नौकर को भी थी इसलिए आगे आगे बात तो सुनेंगे आगे मेरी बात नहीं सुनेंगे तो फिर कैसे पता चलेगा इस बात की चर्चा हेमराज और आरुषि आपस में करते थे इस चर्चा के दौरान उनकी घनिष्ठता हो गई और वो एक दूसरे के नजदीक आ गए इसको 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 डॉक्टर राजेश बिल्कुल बर्दाश्त नहीं करते थे भले उनका अपना करेक्टर भी उतना ही खराब था सो हियर ही सेइंग दैट आरुषी न्यू अबाउट एंड डिसअप्रूव्ड ऑफ हिज एक्स्ट्रा मैरिटल अफेयर एंड वाज डिस्कसिंग इट विद हेमराज एंड इन द प्रोसेस ही शी बिकेम वेरी क्लोज टू हिम सो दिस इज वेयर ही इज ऑफिशियली सेइंग दैट देयर वर रिलेशंस बिटवीन आरुषी एंड हेमराज and th- then he says that rajesh knew about this growing closeness between both of them and he too disapproved even though his character was just as bad as his daughter's his words not mine and thoroughly disgusting holy shit this is and just a reminder to everyone all this is coming from one person's uncorroborated account yep Noida police is essentially calling a 14-year-old girl characterless because one person said so. And listen to this. पहले साढ़े नौ बजे के करीब बाहर गए थे जब पंद्रह को पंद्रह तारीख को यस पंद्रह तारीख को जब वो बाहर गए थे जब वो वापस आए तकरीबन ग्यारह साढ़े ग्यारह बजे रात्रि में उस समय उन्होंने कुछ ऑब्जेक्शनेबल हालत में ऑब्जेक्शनेबल हालत का मतलब ये नहीं कि वो कंप्रोमाइजिंग पोजीशन में ही थे लेकिन उन्होंने ऐसी हालत में देखा उनको जिसमें उनको अच्छा नहीं लगा डॉक्टर राजेश को नाम तो मैं ले रहा हूँ 
डॉक्टर राजेश हेमराज को समझाने के बहाने ऊपर ले गया छत पर उसके बाद हेमराज का कत्ल छत पर किया गया बाद में आके कत्ल के बाद उन्होंने विस्की भी पी और उसके बाद उसके बाद उन्होंने आरुषि का कत्ल किया so here he is describing the whole sequence once again he says that rajesh talwar found arushi and hemraj in an quote objectionable but not compromising unquote position whatever that means uh, this was in arushi's room and he got angry so he took hemraj to the terrace on the pretext of talking to him but once there he killed hemraj then he came back into his house took a swig from the balentine scotch left it on the dining table he then went into arushi's room and killed her in the same way how is he describing this elaborate scene without confession from either rajesh or nupur and only flimsy circumstantial evidence like the only thing we can say with complete certainty so far is that hemraj was not killed in arushi's room where are all these other details coming from and was the balentine scotch bottle tested for dna to prove rajesh drank from it how the fuck okay how the fuck do they have dna results within 5 <laughs> days of the murder even if it was dude we are not in csi miami yeah <laughs> we're not even in usa we're yeah, in dude. india how long does it take to get dna results so i actually asked some yeah a yeah, minimum like 3 weeks to like a month that is if you are say in hyderabad because there is a lab here but the the labs that uh-huh. actually do this testing are in chandigarh kolkata and hyderabad so you can since delhi since is delhi i'm assuming like a month minimum minimum exactly so now you see why this press conference was a cluster fuck <laughs> oh i'm so mad right now how do you think i feel i mean i've listened to this interview so many times trying to match what the police is saying with all the evidence they had up until then my brain hurts so much i mean they didn't even have a murder weapon at the time of this press conference so anyway we will definitely link the entire press conference in our show notes you can listen to it for yourself yeah yeah this was just like the highlights reel so we're going yeah. to stop here for today just to recap everybody thinks that rajesh talwar is a dirty philanderer his 14 year old daughter <laughs> and middle aged domestic help were carrying on their own little dalliance and as of 23rd may 2008 rajesh had been arrested by the police he would remain in custody for almost 50 days but would eventually be released for lack of evidence on what would have been arushi talwar's 14th birthday nupur fed up with the wild media coverage of her family and the police investigation finally broke her silence she sat with sonia singh of ndtv and gave her first public interview you can watch this interview or read the transcript it's linked in our show notes but we will leave you with nupur's response when sonia singh asked her what she would like to say to the millions of people watching their interview all i can say is that arushi has been taken away in the hands of some animals my life has come to an end my husband has been taken away 
and i do think there is justice there and i'm i'm I, and all i'm going to say is that i hope i am going to try my best to get justice for my family i'm not going to be something i'll just let go it has to be justice at the end of the day and i'm hoping there is light at the end of this tunnel the cloud has to move on the cloud has to move on wow okay so that's it for today thank you so much for tuning in i hope you are liking our deep dive with the noida double murder case so far so please 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 rate and review us on apple follow us on spotify or wherever you listen to us our merch store is still very much open shout out to chandana for buying kuni stickers this week and supporting us thank you so 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 much also the books we've referred to in our research have been linked in our show notes like we do for every episode if you are planning to buy them please please use the link in our show notes okay <laughs> it doesn't cost you extra but it helps us a lot pretty please today the 21st of september is literally my birthday give me <laughs> gifts okay buy the merch i'm 30 and old <laughs> Yeah, and do follow us on our socials. Please wish Sneha. Uh, she loves the attention. Shut up. You can find us on at Khuni Podcast on Twitter and at Khuni the Podcast on Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. We will see you next week. Till then, stay sane, stay safe. Goodbye. Bye bye.